0: This this show is brought to you by Safety FM. The Jay Allen Show is streaming
1: now on safetyfm.live. Hello and welcome to The Jay Allen Show. I am glad that you have decided to make a return once again to taking a listen to the show here. I hope things are going extremely well in your neck of the woods. I know in these times of uncertainty we're not 100 percent sure what to do next so let's just take a moment sit back and relax and take a listen to what we have to offer to you today today i have a conversation with ronald ferris he is a business partner of hope consulting ronald says that he's a dynamic problem solver who utilizes human performance skills and knowledge to solve complex problems expert in high reliability operation principles and practices, an effective communicator who has the ability to work with all levels of the organization to resolve identified issues with creative solutions, over 38 years of experience in human performance, nuclear operations, maintenance, industrial safety, and human factors research. Please take a moment to welcome to the show with me, Ronald Ferris. Oh well, we can start from how did how did you get started with the whole with the whole area of hop?
0: Okay, um, well, um, I spent most of my nineteen uh, eighties in the United States Navy nuclear program, and uh, with that, I of course was introduced with uh, uh, the formality and rigor that comes with running a nuclear uh, propulsion system on an aircraft carrier and training folks for the last three years that I was in, and when I got out. I went to work for Argonne National Laboratory as a research reactor operator at a uh, fast sodium reactor, which is similar to what Bill Gates is building in China right now. It's an interesting design. And uh, eventually that reactor was uh, shut down and I went into safety. I've been working on uh, my first degree program, which was uh, waste management. And uh, the introduction to safety uh, was interesting. I spent a, a few years doing that. And uh, Argonne National Lab was uh, rolled into what is now the Idaho National Laboratory, the largest nuclear research lab in the world. And uh, as part of that rollout, um, I was the person uh, chosen to help support the training for human performance and uh, our observation program. So I worked with a gentleman named Shane Bush. Uh, You may know him. I'm not sure if you do. Shane's been around. I do. Yeah, Shane's been around quite a while, and I mentored under him, and um, ended up training and putting in place training for uh, folks everywhere from um, you know the security force clear up to our PhD scientist and working with folks across the lab to roll that program out. We trained approximately fifty five hundred people. Took quite a while, as you can imagine, Uh, but I helped lead that effort, and then eventually we set up a human performance organization. Um, I was the first person they hired then eventually became uh, the manager of that group. Spent a few years doing that, picked up my master's degree uh, in industrial safety. And uh, I was asked if I was interested in going over to human factors research. And uh, I thought, you know, I haven't done that yet. (laughs) So uh, that was an interesting endeavor. I spent about eight years uh, doing research Uh, Most of that work was with uh, helping our current fleet of commercial nuclear power plants extend their life so that they could go from, let's say, 25 years to 50 to 75, maybe even 100 years. And one of the areas that I was tasked with is how to address human performance with modern technology. Wrote quite a few papers, did some interesting research uh, down at uh, Duke Energy at the Catawba Nuclear Station. I had a lot of folks from the Nuclear Energy Institute there, um, uh, the folks from the Institute of Nuclear Power Operations, and then uh, I went on to do another project to improve performance with um, outage management in commercial nuclear power plants, which uh, their big issue at the time I was supporting that effort was dealing with what we call emergent issues, Uh, and the Uh, work I was doing was in support of standing up some software to capture that data and the performance of uh, the control room operators to evaluate how they did under various scenarios and to actually collect actual uh, human failure rates. Uh, Nobody had been doing that. Most of that work uh, associated with HRA had been uh, pretty much what we call expert-based and fairly conservative. And that database is still in use today. Um, It was the last project I was working on. It was actually in Taiwan, training all the nuclear trainers at their four nuclear uh, power plant sites. Uh, Very interesting work. Spent about two weeks over there doing that. And I had gotten a second call uh, from Hope Consulting, a gentleman named Ray Gonzalez, who's my business partner, and asking me if I was interested in coming to work for them. And I thought, well, <laughs> I eventually plan to get in back to human performance and HOP and look at how to uh, how to step back into that. And here it seemed to be put in my lap, and the timing seemed to be right from a personal standpoint. I'd been at the Idaho National Lab 27 years total, eight years in the Navy nuclear program, and I thought, 35 years experience, about time to be a consultant while I still got the energy and uh <laughs> And uh, some wisdom and education maybe to take it to, to folks and present it in maybe a, a slightly different way than they've been hearing it. So, so
1: so was that a difficult transition from going from being, I guess, inside of the actual national laboratory inside of Idaho and then all of a sudden going into, we'll say, quote, unquote, the private sector?
0: Uh, it, it, it was uh, – it was an interesting transition. I, I don't. I wouldn't call it difficult. It was just a, a different challenge for sure. Changes, stress, obviously being a consultant. Um, you know, you only work when there is work, and when you don't have work, you're looking for work, and when you are working, you're looking for other work. So <laughs> that that always made it interesting. wasn't used to doing that. But to, to be honest, um, all my time at Idaho National Lab, or, or at least the last fifteen years. I was actually kind of an internal consultant. I um, I was asked by all the nuclear research community to be what their their lead assessor and cause analyst, and I also taught uh, human performance and cause analysis at the University of Idaho as an adjunct professor uh, as soon as I finished my master's degree. So it was a good fit. I uh, I would get asked to come in and evaluate any kind of event anywhere from. Uh, Experimental fuels work to an actual accident, uh, out where we're making our tank armor to uh, anything associated with plutonium, uranium fuels. A um, lot of lot of interesting work there. So, to me, they as a uh, as a consultant, I've got to tell you that that internal work doing assessments and cause analysis was probably the most informative uh, out of all my career because. When you got to delve deep into something to try to understand why there's uh, less than adequate performance or actual failure, um, you learn a lot about uh, evaluating human behavior. So uh, that was probably the most interesting work I did, I would say. This is
1: The Jay Allen Show. Unite and support employees with missionical solutions from Work Human that replace isolation with recognition, connections, and celebration. Try life events. Conversations and social recognition free through March 2021. Life Events provides a way for isolated employees to share joy from wherever they're working. Without the in-person FaceTime, Conversations meets the important need of scheduling one-on-one time with your direct reports, receiving feedback from peers, and setting goals and priorities to keep forward momentum. Social recognition motivates and empowers your employees to do the best work possible during times like these with the lift of peer-to-peer recognition. Learn more about these free tools at welcome.human.com. Now let's get some further information about these. Right now, right now, there's even more reason to celebrate what life's affirming with life events by Work Human. You can help isolated employees share joy from whenever they're working from. Celebrate the new babies, birthdays, weddings, and much-needed well wishes. Rally your work family to stay connected and share more personal stories and list the crowd through social support to keep morale high. Try life events free through March, 2021. Visit welcome.workhuman.com for more information. Conversations by Work Human ensures that managers and teams connect often to navigate the uncertainty without the in-person FaceTime. It's even more important to schedule one-on-one time with your direct reports. Give continuous feedback to help stay flexible and fluid. Make plan check-ins something managers and teams can count on. Stay and reset short-term goals to stay aligned as priorities shift. Try conversations free through March 2021. Visit welcome.human.com. For more information, social recognition by Work Human replaces social distancing with a strong sense of belonging. Motivate and empower your employees to do the best work possible during times like this. Harness the power of gratitude to straighten teams' bond. Discover how the peer to peer appreciation is the cure for isolation. Create meaning and shared purpose through human moments that matter. Try social recognition free through March 2021. Visit welcome.workhuman.com for more information. Now is your opportunity to try life events. Conversations and social recognition free through March 2021. Visit welcome.workhuman.com for more information. That's welcome.workhuman.com for more information. And we are back on the Jay Allen Show on Safety FM. So let me ask a question right there. Because so then you said the gentleman's name was Ray Gonzalez. That's what correct. was the uh, what was the appeal of all of a sudden for you to jump over? I know that you say you wanted to go back, but why did you decide to? Why was this the correct choice for you at the time?
0: Yeah, so um, I mean, there's a variety of factors. Obviously, you just your personal life, where work's taking you. I was at kind of uh, probably the peak of where I could probably go without a PhD at the national lab. Uh, you know, if, if you're a researcher and you haven't uh, reached the PhD level at some point, uh, you're you're gonna you're gonna reach a plateau if you would. And uh, I was already 50 when they asked me to go into a PhD program. And I'm a big outdoorsman and spend a lot of time in the great outdoors of Idaho. And I thought, you know, I can't picture all my free time and weekends studying to be a PhD. And, uh, and I, I decided not to. And, and I knew that would be career limiting. And uh, that was kind of the, uh, the choice.
1: But it's such a great thing to do. I mean, wanting to get a PhD and being locked up
0: in a lab for a long period of time. It's- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I had aspirations, to be honest. Uh, uh, one of my colleagues and, and good friends was uh, Dr. Robert Richards, who, who worked for me when I was the manager. And uh, he always promoted me going down that path as well. Um, I, I would have been a rarity uh, to, to be one of those guys that started at the bottom as a uh, as a new hands-on operator mechanic without a degree working my way up through. But uh, uh, I just decided it, it, it just too many other things in my personal life. We have grandchildren now and I put family as a priority and decided to uh, not pursue it. You know, it's, it's interesting in the world of uh, human performance and uh, to look at how to take an organization that's really, really good and make them great. And uh, one of the things I brought to those folks up in, uh, in Canada I was asked if I would come in and do a, a risk analysis course, um, and, and I said, well, let's, who's the audience, what's, what's the intent? And, and it was basically management and frontline uh, managers and supervisors. And so I based my work on uh, uh, Dr. Eric Hallnagel and, uh, and Tony Mashera, If if you know both those folks, I assume you probably do. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, so my focus was on uh, risk important actions and critical steps. And what I had found, uh, I had found everywhere in the nuke industry, or any almost anywhere, where po- folks had actually um, adopted human performance and was doing the full blown. You know, everybody gets trained. We're going to have an observation program. We're going to make sure using human performance tools. But what I found almost across the board. And I think you might find this interesting. uh, It was an eye opener to me. Everywhere from national labs to commercial nuclear power plants to waste facilities, uh, they didn't understand their own term and definition of a uh, a critical step. And um, they conflated it with what Tony now describes as a risk important action. And uh, the differentiation is, is extremely important. And we're actually uh, co-writing a book, uh, Tony and I, along with a gentleman named Jim Marinas. Um, the three of us are actually writing a book totally um, committed to critical steps and risk important actions. Uh, we actually have a rough draft in process and uh, hope to have a have something in print maybe by the fall. So pretty exciting stuff, but um, been teaching that quite a bit around the country quick
1: let me ask you something real quick before you continue then so your concept and tony's concept is a little bit different because tony's big on human and organizational performance yes absolutely. you've mentioned hop you've mentioned hop without the pause yeah. so that's <laughs> that's on how you look at it and then you come from shane bush area where he also calls it human and organizational performance so why have you just how why did you decide to go slightly different than them too?
0: um actually um the, the difference actually is, is even different than what I, I mentioned. Um, H- HRO and HOP, uh, to me, are really um, where we're at today. I, I, I do believe that. Um, I quite often uh, fall back to using the words human performance just because it's quicker and shorter to say, <laughs> but uh, and I don't like to use abbreviations. But HRO or HOP, I think, um, is where it's at. I, I don't see a lot of difference between the two. And I know there's been many articles and, and uh, some pretty important papers written on the subject. Uh, most recently, I read an uh, a article on HROs compared to uh, resiliency or resilience engineering. And, uh, and the same thing, the debate continues. You know, what's, the, what's the, the real difference? And so when folks ask me, I basically say, to me, high reliability organizations uh, more at the strategic level it's a high-level component that that evaluates the the, the system uh, more at a, a macro scale, and H HNOP to me gets down at the the micro scale of dealing with the human, uh, the human system interfaces and the human fallibility. Um, I think they're a good marriage, and uh, I I don't necessarily always uh, like to argue the uh, the differences, but uh, Fundamentally, I, I think they work hand in glove uh, to bring both a strategic and tactical approach to addressing uh, performance in high-risk, high-consequence work environments.
1: So let me ask a, a strange question here. So you referenced that you you moved on to go into to HOPE Consulting. And so does the HOPE stand for something in particular? Because it's almost like hop with an E.
0: <laughs> so <that's why> I- <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's uh, Human and Organizational Performance Improvement – or. Um, Oh shoot! I apologize, and, and I'm. <laughs> but anyways, that's that's basically. So it's it's Hop H It's uh it's just okay. that they we were looking for an abbreviation. I'm quite sure when Ray stood up the company to say, hey, you know, what's the uh, what's what what should this say, you know? And so H uh, H O P E basically is H and um, Just mm-hmm. a a good abbreviation for the company.
1: So right now, with some of the concepts that you go out and do as consulting, how do you think they would apply with everything that's going on related to, of course, the coronavirus and COVID-19? How could actually leaders and people that are actually doing the work inside of organizations use some of these concepts currently?
0: Yeah, so I think, um, to me, the number one defense, and I mentioned this in the videos I've been posting on LinkedIn recently, the number one defense uh, against... Uh, human error and human fallibility is to to build in systems and processes that engage your workers, get them engaged and get them thinking uh, prior to work execution. This is
1: the Jay Allen Show. As your business continues to change, so does the support and help that your business needs. Here at Safety Focus Moment, we want to be able to continue to meet the needs that you have as an organization. Just because the world around us has changed does not mean that we're not there for you. We are currently running a special offer to the Safety FM listeners. All speaking engagements, cross-industry workshops, transportation and logistics workshops, and audio services, including commercials such as this one, are available at a special price of 50% off. If you go to safetyfocusmoment.com, that's safetyfocusmoment.com, and use code virtual, V-I-R-T-U, That's virtual, V-I-R-T-U-A-L. You'll get 50% off your order. Please be aware that Safety Focus Moment is here for you, meeting all of your business needs during this unique time in the world. And we are back on the Jay Allen Show on Safety FM. So it looks like over the last three weeks you've been posting quite significantly on social media, um, and but there was kind of like a, a piece that you were dormant for a period of time. Why all of a sudden the engagement so much on social media? <laughs> uh,
0: well, it started with a, a conversation we had uh, started a while back, recognizing that uh, you know media is changing. We 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 had already started looking at doing this, and the coronavirus uh, uh, pandemic basically put us in 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 high gear if you would but we were looking at you know how do we make a bigger presence how do we reach some of these organizations maybe that uh, are non-nuclear or or maybe not as high a risk but they could benefit from some of the things that we've learned and and have them adopt it in a way that makes it um uh, better if you would so most recently uh ray gonzalez and i have been trying to put out uh, basically a video day and i started to, last thursday Miss Friday, because basically when I moved my phone around in the uh, the adapter to uh, to adjust it, it held three buttons down and totally wiped my phone out. <laughs> so I got hey, to spend hey, one. Hey. Yeah, that's that's fun. And so I said, you know what? If I'm going to get a new phone, I'm going to get the latest, greatest technology. It's, a, it's the latest uh, Android phone. Anyways, the best camera on the market. And it's uh, hopefully creating some better quality videos than uh, my very first one. So I kind of stepped back, redid one that I had shot. And uh, we're trying to get better at them. Uh, one of the things we really hope folks will do is let us know what they're interested in. Uh,
1: now, let me ask a question real quick. I know that you were scheduled to actually speak at the 2020 Ops Summit. This has now been rescheduled. It looks like they're shooting for the beginning of next year. Well, are you still going to be presenting with Tony Mashera? Or? Yeah,
0: yeah we're, we're co-presenting on the uh, the critical steps and uh, risk important actions and, 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 and H&OP in general. So uh, with a focus on critical steps. Um, so one of the things I think we'll have done by then, I hope, is that we'll um, actually have the book in print and uh, we'll generate some um, interest in that particular book. Um, as you know, these books, you know, they, they become very important parts of our, our, uh, our library to continually reference. I quite often go back and read some of James Reason's books or Sidney Decker's and, and find myself after all these years rereading those and then finding some nuance in there, I went, yeah, I never thought about it. Now I, you know, this is a great time to adopt this or address it or whatever that might be. And uh, I think that's, that's the important part about getting this down in writing not so much that uh, yeah, you know, that you get this book in print. So you're selling books. That's, that's really not the important part of, uh, of this at all is to add to that body of knowledge with H and, and help folks see things maybe in a slightly different light. Tony, uh, Tony was when he first went into uh, consulting. Uh, he got hold of me at Idaho National Lab when I was the manager of human performance, and he said, "Hey, uh, have you guys got anything going on out there? I just started with consulting. I'm coming out to see Shane Bush and, and talk to him about the nuances of it, and uh, love to get together and have dinner, blah blah blah." And I said, "Sure, Tony, I'd lo- love to see you. I haven't seen you in a while." and um, uh, so we, uh, we met up and, uh, and, and I'll tell you, I had a paradigm shift in my, uh, my thoughts around critical steps. Tony came and we had some of those, uh, in-depth discussions. You, you, uh, get on occasion with some folks that just changed the whole way you view things. And all oh, that was probably 12, 15 years ago. And I haven't seen uh, critical steps the same way ever since he's, uh, really changed my life and thoughts about it. Well, I'm
1: going to tell you. You're mentioning a lot of names that I wanted to ask you questions about, just to see if you're familiar with any of their work, if you don't mind. Sure. So you've mentioned quite a lot of people that I've had on the show. There's a couple other people I'd like to bring up, or probably more than just a couple, but things that are coming off top my head. Are you familiar with any of the work from Todd Conklin?
0: Yeah, I like to. Uh, I like to listen to his podcasts when I get a chance. He puts so many out. I'm finding myself way behind. <laughs> uh, I've met him uh, uh, several different times at. Uh, Human Performance uh, Root Cause and Trending, HBRCT. He was a keynote speaker actually up in uh, Toronto when we had it up there about three years ago, I think it was now. And um, he set me back on my heels and and I'll I'll tell you my my nugget from Todd Conklin because I think it's an important one. I was hoping we would get there today. And he says, you need to build in the capacity to fail safe. And I thought- Mm -hmm huh, are are we talking about nuclear here? Because that seems like an odd thing to say, So you got to have the capacity to fail safe. And so I really didn't get a handle on it then, but I spent some time re-looking at my notes that I took while he was speaking. And and here's what I found and how to apply it. So I'm a a practitioner by nature. I, I love reading theory, but what I really like is taking that theory from these folks and considering myself the, the the translator of that information into something practical because I come from the world of turning wrenches and valves.
1: Well, let me, let me ask you a couple of more of a couple other people real quick, if you don't mind, because we're almost out of time. Um, when I mentioned the name Earl Carnes, what comes to mind?
0: So Earl and I worked, uh, of course, with the, the department of energy and and Earl I met oh many years ago back when he worked for the department of energy and was the human performance lead, if you would, for the department. And, um, I really like Earl. I think he's a, he's a brilliant man. And one of the smart things he did, I'll uh, give him kudos to him is he made sure that he worked for the Institute of Nuclear Power Operations and got them to help and let us basically adopt, uh, all the different, um, writings and books that they had, or they really didn't call them books, but, uh, documents that they had written on the subject and basically, we polished them off and put the the department of energy heading on it, which then made it public, public, uh, um, publicly available if you would. Yeah. So to me, that's, that was one of the great things Earl did. Yeah. Right around Christmas from what I've been told. Um, what about
1: the name Rob Fisher?
0: Yeah. I've known Rob probably for about as long as I've known Tony met him at HPRC town in, uh, Florida many years ago, and the first time I saw him, he was doing karaoke. Rob's a great singer, by the way. <laughs> Find him very interesting, funny guy, very entertaining, and brings a perspective um, that I think enlightens folks. I I think the ability to to entertain, to bring uh, joy when you're teaching, uh, makes the the challenge of teaching much easier. Folks are more open to learning, and that's one of the things I love about Rob and his approach is that. That he does that, and he's and and much like many of us in this business, he's always looking to find a new way to consider how do we address uh, this human element in the process of work. And then, last but not least, Lamar Palmer. Uh, to be honest, I know the name, I have never met him, so uh, I okay. I would be ignorant in that area. <laughs>
1: the one that did a lot of the polishing of the books of the documents that's
0: yeah. he that was his role yeah his his name showed up you. a lot i just never had an interface <laughs>
1: <laughs> got it so if people want to know more information about you or Ho- hope consulting work and they go more information
0: yeah so uh one of course you can always connect with me on linkedin i've got almost five thousand connections across the world uh, safety human form and hnop human factors and um Then the other place is, and that's Ronald Ferris, F-A-R-R-I-S. And the other is to uh, go to uh, www.hopeconsultingllc.com. So Hope Consulting, L-L-C, all one word, dot com, and you can find our our website. There's a lot of different Hopes out there, which I find interesting. Uh, They all use some variety to... uh, make it usable so they can have their, uh, <laughs> their name out there for, as a business. But, uh, ours is spelled all capital. No, uh, no, no periods in between. So it's not, uh, an abbreviation. It's one word.
1: So Ron, I really do appreciate you coming onto the show today.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. Jay. I've, I've enjoyed it. I'm glad I got the opportunity to talk to you and, uh, let's definitely stay in touch. Well, this brings another
1: episode of the Jay Allen show to an end. Thank you for taking the time and taking a listen to what we have going on. If you're interested in finding out some more information about the show and what we have going on at Safety FM, please come to safetyfm.com. Also, as you might have heard, we are actually currently on Patreon. If you're interested in hearing on some of the things that were not on the episode, you can listen to the unedited version of my interview with Ronald Ferris if you go to Patreon dot com forward slash safety fm thank you for always being the best part of safety fm and that's the listener we'll be back with another episode before you know it goodbye for now